0: So anyway, I wanted to, you know, um, you know, when they make something cool like a movie series, like Star Wars, right? And then what happens is when they make Star Wars, uh, really intelligent people put like the whole plot line together, and they create the Star Wars universe, right? And then there's other universes, but. For the sake of my, I don't know the other ones, but there's the Star Wars one, right? Uh, And in the Star Wars one, there's all these things happen. There's this plot line, and there's all these different movies, uh, and they follow a series, right? Uh, And then what happens is nerds on the internet write fan fiction, right? So intelligent people put together a complex series, and then people like me just come up with some crazy ideas, and we just write about it, right, on the internet, right? And so this sermon is part of the series, but it's more like the fan fiction part of the series. Is that all right? So other people smarter than me have put together this whole series around our house. Um, did you use that song as a theme? That, no, okay. Uh, anyhow, but there's that whole, again, smarter people than me have put this thing together. And I just want to pick out one little idea about the house of God. And I think if I'm looking around this room, I just think that what I'm what I'm talking about tonight, and I'm, I'm praying that I can do my bit to try and get the idea across. But I really believe God wants to do something in your heart tonight, especially if you're here and if you're under 25, God wants to do something in your heart tonight around this idea that I'm talking about that actually will set you up. So if you're, say, let's say you're 18 now. What I'm talking about tonight, if you can grab it and begin to think like how, I'm, how the Bible teaches us here and live like it, it will set you up until you're about 30. Then you're going to have to do it again, right? But I really believe... I really believe that what I'm talking about tonight is the thing that has helped me most from 15 years old onwards, right? And even as I'm talking about at different stages, you have to rethink it through. It's still the same thing you have to do. You have to do the same thing again and again in life, but you have to do it. The first time you have to do it is when you're 16, 17, something around there. And if you can connect with what I think the Holy Spirit is, is embedded in Scripture, if you can connect with this idea at your age, if you're 16, 17, 18, whatever age you are, it will hold you for like a, not for a season, but for an epoch of your life, right? So I'm 45 on Wednesday, so I'm talking to you as an old person, right? And I'm telling you, if you can grab this, and, and, and you, you're not going to grab it tonight, you've got to start to grab it. Right? You've got to start to grab it, and it will hold you in a way, and it will you'll be able to constantly circle back. You'll remember this message in 10 years, and you're like, okay, I have to, I have to find that thing again. You'll circle back again and again uh, as you live your life. Is that all right? Let me pray, and then we're going to read the scripture, and then I've got like a couple of points to make. So here we go. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're here in this place, and that your power your spirit overshadows us. And God, that you do things in our life when we gather together in church that we can't understand, but they grow and they become something so spectacular that they burst out of us. And Lord, I pray tonight that you'd shift our our the alignment of our heart to be closer and more closely in tune with you, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Awesome. One of the biggest challenges in life is figuring out what the heck are you going to do, right? It's the biggest challenge on a weekend. Pastor Sam was talking about this at a leaders meeting in Wellington yesterday. You can spend the whole evening or you can spend a whole Saturday hanging out with your friends talking about what you might do, right? And someone has an idea and three people say, oh, yeah, that's cool. And it only takes one person to go, oh, nah." right? And then everyone's like, oh, nah, right? And the reality is this, you don't live for very long, right? It seems like a long time when you're counting down days or when you're you're pushing through high school, right? But it's not a very long time ago. Remember when, If who's finished high school? Give me a wave, right? If you finished, it was quick, hey. When you're finished, it was quick. When you're in it, like you feel like just, you'd rather poke your eyes out with a Blunt steak, like it's the most, um, yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing in life is that when you're in a thing, it feels like it lasts forever. When you finish it, it's like, whoa, it's over. Like when we were doing Revolution Tour, when I I was leading it, it was like, we were in this thing and it was busy and difficult, challenging and exciting, right? But it was a tiny moment in my life now. It was this tiny moment. Remember we ran the branded conferences? No one even knows what they are. Right but at the time it was this big thing that was happening and the challenge in life is the big thing that's consuming you now isn't the whole thing right the whole thing the whole thing begins in the beginning of time and extends to the ends of time and we're in the middle of it we are a tiny moment and the seasons of our life that seemed challenging and difficult. It's, Whoa, and then it's finished. And in a year, you'd be like, I can't even remember how hard that was, right? Because in the middle of it, it's tough. Remember last time we ran a cross country of year eight, right? We were talking about a fun run earlier this afternoon that I made the youth leaders do a long time ago, right? When you're running in the cross country, that, the last 800 meters, how long does that feel while you're running it? feels like forever, Right? You can't even remember the last time you read it, right? Because it's just a blip in time. And your life will be a blip in time where you were consumed with a whole bunch of things that captured your attention, that drove your emotion, that, that, that changed how you felt all the time. And they'll either be worthwhile things or they'll be pointless things. And only you get to decide whether you're going to be captivated and captured by a story that comes from the beginning of time and extends to the end of time, and you get to play a part in it, or you get to just be captured with what's going on around you. You can be part of the plot, or you can be an extra. What are the extras doing? Sometimes the main character is standing still and looking thoughtful. And the extras are walking down the street, eating a sandwich, driving cars around, right? Sometimes we're being extras. We're busy with all the things. We're consumed with all the stuff going on. But we've got to capture the moments where, hey, no, God's doing a thing in me right now. There's a main character moment. And I want to suggest that tonight is a main character moment for you. God's not talking to you. He's talking to each one of us, right? Is that all right? So have a look. This is the story of Jacob. Uh, It says this Jacob left Beersheba and he traveled to Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up a camp. He stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and he lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw at the top of the stairway there stood the Lord. And the Lord said, I am the Lord. That's how he knew that it was the Lord. (laughs) I'm the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you, and I'm giving it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth they will spread out to all directions, to the west and to the east, the north and the south. And all the families on the earth will be blessed through you and through your descendants. What's more, I am with you and I'll protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. One day I'll bring you back to this land and I'll not stop till I've given you everything that I've promised you. Isn't that Awesome. As this context of this story is interesting. This guy, Jacob, if we go back to his original story, his original birth story, he was a twin. And his mother said that the twins would fight inside her to such a point that she couldn't sleep and they were giving her no rest. And the story is that these two twins were at war from, the moment, from before they were even born. And in fact, the oldest was born Esau, and then Jacob was born. And as Jacob was born, he came out of the womb grabbing Esau's heel. So from that moment on, he was known as Jacob, which means to grasp. And all through his life, and we see him in this point, you look at his life before, and even beyond this point onwards, Jacob is the one who's always reaching out. He's pushing out. In fact, what happened is before this story, he's trying to get hold of what was called the birthright. Esau being the firstborn was given special privileges And then Jacob and his mom concocted a plan to steal from Esau, first his birthright, and then secondly to steal from Esau the blessing that would have been given to the oldest. Why? Because this guy, Jacob, he was working it. He knew there was more for him than what he already had. Because it can seem like a negative thing to reach out and grasp, but it also points to the fact that you're not satisfied with the way things are. It's I want to suggest to you, I just want to point this out. God chose Jacob, not Esau. This guy, Jacob, he cheated to get the birthright. And did you know what God did? God said, Okay, we'll bless you then. I'm not advocating cheating. Right? <laughs> I'm simply saying, what's God looking for in you? God's looking for the thing in you that wants more than what you have. God's looking to bless, that means to pour out resource upon. What God wants to fuel in you is that part of you that's not satisfied with the rest of you. That part of you that criticizes the other parts of you and says, come on, we've got to get out of bed earlier, right? God's looking at that part of you that says, you you know that part of you, you know there's lots of parts of you inside and they talk to each other, right? The only difference between you and crazy people is that they say it out loud, the rest of us say it in our heads, right? But we talk to ourselves and what are we saying to ourselves? There's a part of you, there's a part of you that is Jacob that says, come on, there's more for you. You don't have to live at this level. There's a, there's a higher way to think, a better way to live. There's a new way to, and there's this thing of you that's grasping, that's reaching out. And sometimes it's expressed at a low level, like, oh, I wish I had better clothes. I wish I had better friends. I wish I had better hair, right? That's low level, but it's still there's a thing. It can be expressed at a higher level that says, I wish I lived at a higher standard. I wish I could think more clearly the thoughts of God. It's almost the same thing, but redeemed, right? It's a base thing that can be redeemed, this grasping, right? And God blesses it in Jacob, right? So God wants to identify that part of you and he wants to resource that part of you that's reaching out for more. Because there's another part of you that's happy sitting by the campfire enjoying the resource that other people have fought for. But Jacob, he's out in the wilderness and it's getting dark. Why he's out there? Well, the reason he's out there is because his brother's trying to kill him. That part of the twins, the part that's happy at the campfire, is trying to kill the part that's reaching out for more. Wow, this is, how this, uh, this is just what it's like to be, I don't know, this is just what it's like to be a middle-aged white man. I'm supposed to be grumpy. I'm supposed to be tired. This is, that part of me is trying to kill the part of me that says, I don't have to be just the same as every other middle-aged man. I don't need to be stressed. I don't need to have money problems. I don't need to be angry at my teenagers. I, that, but that part of us is trying to kill the, reaching out part the reach for more part it's different for you right you don't have to, you, there's not a part of you that's a 45 year old man l- let's hope right but there's a part of you that's that that version of the, that version of the 18 year old that's just wow this is just what it's like this is what 18 year olds do right it's normal as an 18 year old to party it's normal as an 18 year old to be super confused it's normal as an 18 year old to not have a plan yeah that's true it's normal but it's not what God wants to bless Right, God doesn't want to bless the campfire. Do you know where the house of God turned out to be in this story? It turned out that the house of God wasn't like a cozy campfire where Abraham lived. It turned out the house of God was out in the wilderness on the way to Haran, on the way to blessing, on the way to the next thing, on the way, right? Out somewhere where it's starting to get dark. That's where the house of God is. So the first point tonight is that uh, there's a whole other part of the Scripture, but we moved anyway. Next morning, rah, rah, rah. That was the bit I referenced just now. Let's go back there. Jacob awoke and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. I wasn't even aware of it. He was also afraid and said, what an awesome God. This is, what an awesome place this is. It's none other than the house of God, the gateway to heaven. It's good that we found that slide because I'd already made that point. There was probably also useful things and those other slides. But you have your own Bibles you can read in your own time. Anyhow, this says, point number one is that you have to head out on the highway. You actually have to move. There's that, you know that thing in you that's reaching for more, believing for more? You actually have to follow that thing. You actually have to pursue it. When I was a furniture removalist, something in me wanted to be an engineer. When I was an engineer, I realized I can't do maths, and I decided I'd be a teacher, right? But when I was a teacher, I didn't want to be a teacher. I wanted to be the school principal because I wanted to transform a community, right? Then I became a youth pastor. I was like, wait, well, why am I doing this? Then I realized there's kids in this room in the upper theater from 15 schools. I'm not the principal of one school. I'm having an influence in 15 schools. Then we did the Revolution Tour, and I was the principal of 200 schools, Obviously, people didn't realize that I was the principal, right? But I was, right? Because there's a bit in me that God was blessing that was reaching out for more. Now, you've got a totally different journey, story, life than me, but what's the thing in you? What's the thing in you that's real? You need to know what is the thing that's trying to kill it, but you need to know what is the thing that's reaching out for more. And you've got to follow it. You've got to head out on the highway. This is what Jesus, Jesus after Jesus' resurrection. So Jesus after his resurrection, he didn't remember what's happened for Jesus. He's been crucified. Then he spent three days in hell battling with the devil. Not really battling with the devil, just destroying the works of the evil. Then he's resurrected to life in the human space and he gathers his friends together and he says this. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth so you should save up for a house deposit. And you should buy a small section in the suburbs and keep the lawn incredibly tidy until you retire. Is that what he said? Jesus Did Jesus come back and say, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, so you should behave in the same way that other 17-year-olds behave in your school and in your neighborhood? Did Jesus come back and say, I've been given all authority and in heaven and on earth, and so I'm scared of hashtags too? right? Did Jesus come back and say, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, so you should just go with the flow of whatever someone calls research. If they happen to be lecturing it from a university pulpit, they must know what they're talking about. Can I suggest to you that the stories of the Bible being 10,000 years old are far more valid than something a 30-year-old lecturer who literally knows nothing is what they're saying about what they're talking about, right? Whatever the research says, it's not as old as the Stories that have been the foundation for human civilization since the wheel was invented, right? Okay, I don't do, I don't do I was explaining to Esther that I don't do yelling anymore, right? Jesus said, I've been given all authority, heaven and earth. Therefore, go get it out. Get go go after that thing. Allow it to grow. God wants to fuel it. God's blessing, and I think about when I think about God's blessing, it's not God makes me comfortable, it's God fuels me. The blessing of God fuels you forward. The blessing of God positioned the Bible talks about the blessing of God positioning us before kings. The blessing of God makes you influential and effective, Right? So we translate, we hear blessing, we think God's going to make me comfortable so I don't have to worry about the bills. Can I suggest to you, you can be blessed by God your entire life and continue to be challenged by bills. Because you're, if you're moving forward, the bills get bigger. If you're pressing out, the challenge gets greater. It's still always going to be a challenge, but it's a challenge fueled by God. One of the things that, one of the things that gets talked about in New Zealand all the time is that we have a mental health crisis. We do not... We do not have a mental health crisis we have a meaning crisis, we have a relationships crisis, we have a mum crisis and a dad crisis, we have a connection crisis, and all of it adds up to a whole lot of mental health illnesses, but those are simply symptoms of the fact that not enough people in New Zealand are connected to this story that goes back to the beginning of time. There are not enough people in New Zealand that are thinking, oh, okay, I'm here to I'm allow the presence of God to fuel this thing in me that wants to go further forward, and I'm going to be part of pushing this thing along so that the end of time, someone will point out and say there was that moment in 2022 where you did this to push the story forward. Amen? Who's ready to head out on the highway? Right? There is a heavy metal song that goes with each of these points, but you can just hum it in your own head. Don't sing it out loud, right? And it's really... <laughs> One of the things that's bizarre about the Bible is the things that are in it and the things that aren't, right? So here's a story about a man going on a camping trip, right? He's out. You know, you know when it gets dark in our world, right? You pull out your phone, you just go like that and carry on down the stairs, right? This is, this is not normal throughout human history that you just happen to have a torch with you everywhere you go, right? It wasn't even normal when I was younger, Right, when I used to have to take the milk bottles down to the gate. And if you don't know, you need to Google what that is, right? What it was, was after it was dark, your parents would say, oh, now you have to take the milk bottles down to the gate. right? And they wouldn't tell you until after it was dark, right? So then it's also terrifying. <laughs> but whenever you're in a space that's truly dark, you, I'm just going to say this, and it sounds it sounds simple, but I believe it's profound. When it's dark, you can't see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're laughing, but think about it, right? Think about it. When it gets dark, you can't see. We don't believe that. We believe that vision comes from out of it. We think that we are seeing. Sight is a response to, it's not, you're not seeing, it's coming at you. When it's dark, nothing comes. nothing's coming to you. When it's silent, you can't hear. You can't decide, well, I'm going to hear. Not, no, you don't get to decide, <laughs> right? I'm Well, I want to hear. Well, it doesn't matter. It's silent. When it's silent, you can't hear. You're responding to the world around you. When it gets dark, you don't see, okay? It's profound, right? When it's dark, you don't see. But before it gets dark, before it gets dark, <laughs> this is what it says. It says that Jacob comes along and he finds a stone To use as a pillow. What a perfect solution. Right, do you know that in this story, it doesn't mention whether he's traveling with anyone else. It doesn't mention that he's got food, although we find out he does have olive oil, so he must also have pasta, right? (laughs) We don't know what he's wearing. We don't really know what direction he's going. We don't know exactly where he is in terms of the stone. It's near a place called Luz. We don't know what time of year it is. We don't know what day of week it is. We just, but we do know he found a stone. It's a strange detail to add to the story while leaving all of the other ones out, right? This is a very old story. It's been told over and over and over and over again. Everything unnecessary has been left out. The first person who told the story took hours to explained what he was wearing and the number of camels and right, But each time the story gets told, everything unnecessary gets dropped out. What's still here is we know that when he went to sleep, he put his head on a stone. When you, when you wake up in the morning when you go on holiday and you go you go away on holiday and you come back after a week someone says hey how was the holiday been do you do you, the, is the first thing and only thing you say was a description of the pillow i was a great ho- how was the hotel they they had a pillow okay you're right. this is all we have from the story is he put his head on a stone now if you know anything about the symbolism in the bible the stones are always important all the stones are important there were stones, they built altars with their stones they picked up from the river and put on the side of the bank, right? There's this prophecy of Daniel, the stone being cut, not with a human hand, that rolls down the hill and destroys the kingdoms of the world. Because right? the stones in the Bible are always this stone. It's the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it's wonderful to see this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. And that's from Psalm, but this particular passage is reflected in uh, some other prophetic work, and it's also reflected in the work of St. Paul, when he says, no one can lay any other foundation stone than the one which has laid Christ Jesus. We get to build our life on top of the stone. What did Jesus say? You build your house on a, come on, you went to Sunday school, you know you build your house on a rock, and it will stand Right when the storm comes and the flood comes, the house is strong as long as it's built on the rock. What did Jacob do when he gets out? He's leaving the campfire, the safe space. He's getting out of the light, and he's where does he find God? As it's getting dark, out in the wilderness. Where was the house of God? It turned out the house of God was away from his comfort zone. And how did how did he see God? Well, one of the things we notice is as it got dark, he laid his head on a rock. I want to suggest to you, right now, tonight, tonight, before tomorrow happens, before the next week happens, would you decide that you're going to lay your head on a rock? I will submit my thinking to Christ. Because do you know what happens? If you wait till after it's dark, so, this is what you do before you start university. You need to submit your thinking to Christ. Because in the middle of it, it's dark and you can't see what's going on. Right? Before you get married, you submit let's submit our thinking about marriage to Christ. Before you have children, we're going to submit our thinking to Christ, right? Because once you've got toddlers running around and once the missus is going mad, right? If you haven't already submitted your thinking to Christ right? What happens is you can't see what you're doing. You don't, you've got, you don't know where you're going to put your thinking. So you'll put your thinking into what someone says on Instagram, what someone says on Facebook, what someone's written in stuff, or it's some, actually it's something that someone written stuff because they stole it from Facebook and someone who was just, it's only one 13 year old who wrote it. And now we're all thinking it, right? But here's the deal. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter what you build up. You can go as high as you want in God, but you can't decide the parameters, It's just the foundation. Everything built outside that foundation that's Christ is a lean-to that will fall over. Oh, well, I'm going to embrace uh, gender diversity. You're welcome to, but it's not part of the house. In the house, we can find security and comfort and know who God is. We're not going around knocking over lean-tos. I'm just pointing out when a flood comes, the lean-tos go first. Right? The thing you build your life on needs to be Christ. You can be you I'm not we don't throw rocks at the neighbors, but we're not extending outside the foundation that is Christ. Right? Does that make sense? When you have a foundation and then you build something on top of it that's different to the shape of the foundation, that's just called a building code violation. Why is it a silly, well, I want it to look different. Well, you're welcome to want it to look different. You just need to know, can I tell you now, you can have your thinking any shape you want. But I'm just pointing out, if it's not the shape that is Christ, it will fall over when a storm comes. Can I tell you this as well? Storms are coming, (laughs) right? Not every year, but at least every other year, something will come and flatten everything out. Brilliant, because you figure out what was built on Christ. Amen? Okay. You need to, in your, in your own spare time, read this whole story of Jacob from his birth to his death. It's about 40 chapters. <laughs> Don't just break, pace yourself. <laughs> from the point of this moment where, he, where Jacob has this revelation, so he, he's, he's getting out. He's, he's on the adventure. It's starting to get dark, he rests his head on a rock and goes to sleep and he has a vision. We're just gonna do this the short way, right? There will be a point in time, or there will be points in time in your life where it doesn't matter what Pastor Esther has told you. It matters what you know. There's a point in time where it won't matter what Pastor Sam has preached about. It will matter what, what do you see in your dream? From this point where Jacob sees this vision, he goes into this crazy scenario. He's living with relatives for 14 years. They're literally cheating him every season. And he escapes from—he literally escapes from amongst his relatives to get back to that original Abraham campfire. By the time he gets back, the campfire now belongs to him. It's a whole other story. How did Jacob get through 14 years of mayhem? I'll tell you how he got through 14 years of mayhem. Because he saw the Lord at the top of the staircase. And he saw that the Lord is intimately connected with the things that are happening on the earth. And he hears this promise of God you'll come back and nothing's going to change. I'm gonna, whatever goes on, I'm going to fulfill my promises to you. When the lights go out, it won't matter what I've said that you've heard me say. It won't matter what you've read in a Christian book. Sometimes it doesn't even matter the scriptures you know. That's a scary thought. What will really matter is what do you know God said to you and I've got a sneaking suspicion it's going to be more about things you've read in the Bible yourself one day than something eloquent spoken from a pulpit do you know what, think about summer revolution last year, it's not very long ago I almost could guarantee the things you remember are the things that happened inside of you during praise and worship or just even as you were sleeping on the ground there (laughs) right? Or even it's just like, man, I just know something across those multiple days. Something became firm and, and secure inside of me. Do you know that? Do you know what you build your life on? People talk about we build our life on the Word of God. We do, but we really build our life on the experience of the reality of God that's unlocked to us through the Word of God, Right? So I'm not advocating, well, I feel this, so that's true. That's not what I'm saying, because I've already said we submit our thinking to this foundation. I'm pretty—I a chat with him one time. I'm way more conservative about Christian belief than anyone else, <laughs> all right? It's really fixed. And we've got to know that in our thinking. But also, man, the thing that holds you—come on, the thing that holds you is what God's doing in your heart right now. Come on, we've got to come alive to this adventure God's calling us to. We've got to submit our thinking to Christ. But we've got to know that actually when we're out on the adventure, it will get dark. There's people in this room who've been married for a while. Some of you into university. Come on, even tracking through high school. If you're allowed out at this time of night, it's like 4.30. If you're allowed out independently, It's a late night for me. Uh, If you're allowed out independently in the city, you're old enough now to know that things get really dark where you can't see up or down. You don't know what to do. And I just want to suggest the thing you need to hold on to is God Himself. And you'll circle back to the campfire and you go out into the wilderness and you circle back to the campfire but we don't live our life at the campfire because God wants to release His blessing into the world through the Jacob anointing, this grasping, this reaching that's inside each one of us. Amen.